What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Horsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are here to preview the Titans' upcoming matchup on Sunday against the Houston Texans. Uh, this is a matchup between uh, the Titans, who de- defeated the Seattle Seahawks last week, bullied the Jaguars' really good defensive line the week before, and against the Houston Texans, who have clearly found their quarterback of the future in uh, Deshaun Watson. They have one of the best defensive lines in, in NFL history. I think that Deacon Jones and the fearsome foursome might have something to look out for. Uh, this is a re- really a matchup of two AFC powerhouses. So I'll start this. I'll start off with this. Could this be a preview of the AFC championship? Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're definitely going to win the division, uh, just like they did, just like they did last year, uh, when they ripped our hearts out and lucked into the division, just because they had a better division record and because Will Fuller returned a punt for a touchdown in Week Four. Not that we're still salty about it or anything. And then Ra- Randy yeah. Bullock missed the goddamn kick for the Bengals. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're not mad. We're fine. we're fine. Uh, no, but seriously. Um, this should be a pretty good division game, even though at this point in time, it looks like the Titans are just way ahead of the Texans, both in the present and going into the future. Yeah, I mean, listening to the uh, New England game, they kept talking about how they swore that this was going to be a preview of the AFC championship game, and they were so <laughs> confident, and, and I I just couldn't follow that at all. I mean, <laughs> the Texans look, look fine on their roster, but I, I think – if you don't, you know, look at the Titans roster and think that it clearly outclasses what the Texans have, you just don't know what you're looking at. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to say this really quickly about the Texans before we start talking about the players and, and matchups and keys to winning the game. I think Bill O'Brien remains one of the most overrated coaches in the NFL. 
Like after uh, that game you mentioned, when when Randy Bullock missed the field goal, John McClain was pressing him about Osweiler. He was like, "Are you going to start Osweiler next week, or is it going to be Tom Savage?" You know, you don't have a quarterback. He's like, "Hey, John, we're the AFC South champions. Okay, two years in a row. That's all I'm going to say." Like he was supposed to be some sort of offensive genius, and he's had what like eleven quarterbacks. I mean, the Houston Texans are becoming the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> He's lucked in. He's lucked into just having a, a a really good defense. But I mean, he's the one calling the plays. I'm pretty sure he's the one designing the offense. And their offense has been putrid for the last two years. So I, I don't know what exactly he does. I mean, I could um, go into Deshaun Watson's ear and be like, "All right, you're going to go under center and you're going to run off tackle, and then the next play, okay, now you're going to throw a slant, third <laughs> down. All right, you're going to throw quick outs right now." Like that's not that hard, but that's all he seems to be doing right now. Uh, and they're only throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah, not really much of an offense. That's that's exactly the offense. I don't know what kind of quarterback whisperer he is, but it's throw to Hopkins, throw to Hopkins, throw to Hopkins, punt. Like that. That's their formula. And I say punt because they only scored four touchdowns in three games this year. Hmm. Well, mean, at least they still have Lamar Miller, who's one of the most put up like least efficient running back. against the Patriots. Oh, dude, thirty-three. 33. Yeah, they were on fire. But the Patriots have one of the worst. Right now, the Patriots have they're on pace to be, I think, the worst defense in NFL, NFL history. Yeah, I'm not even joking. points per game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just bad. don't take too much into it. <laughs> just bad. So, uh, Will Fuller, you mentioned him. He returned a punt for a touchdown against the Titans last year. Broke his collarbone over the off season. And uh, he must have prayed or dr- had some holy water or something because he is apparently playing this week after <laughs> participating fully in practice. Uh, I don't know that he'll necessarily have any sort of impact because it is the first game back from such a brutal injury. Uh, but you can't ignore the fact that now it may not just be throw to Hopkins, throw to Hopkins, because you have your first round pick from last year back in the fold. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm expecting him to play maybe like half of the snaps, if anything. Uh, and he's really only proven to be like a, a deep threat at this point. Uh, he's not really, that doesn't, that's, definitely doesn't have reliable hands. Uh, and he played in 14 games last year, and he only got 92 targets, caught 47 of them. So I'm not too worried about him, to be honest. Um, and if we do like specific matchups, I think Adore can hang with him even on those deep routes. So. I'm not too worried about him. Um, and also, Deshaun Watson is not very good at throwing uh, nine routes. So I'm not concerned uh, by Will Fuller. Uh, honestly, I'm actually more concerned about Bruce Ellington because he's actually uh, a pretty decent receiver in the intermediate range. So I'm more concerned about Bruce Ellington than Will Fuller. Yeah, I mean, Ellington's looked all right. I mean, I, I thought he's you know, really outperformed what I thought he was going to be when he joined them. Um, I, I'm just not afraid of Will Fuller. You know, Will Fuller looked really good in his first two games last year, and then he slowly got less and less and less effective. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how a smaller-bodied wide receiver getting injured is going to help him in any kind of way. You know, I don't know how he'll deal with, like, any sort of aggressive physical, you know, coverage. And Adoria Jackson, 
you know, he's 5'10", whatever, you know, and he's he's not as fast as Will Fuller. Will Fuller is better straight line speed, but Adoree gets in the body of every receiver that he covers, and he bumps them all down the sideline, and he stays inside the frame and gets ready to get in good position and swap balls away. I mean, that, I'm not sure that's exactly who you want Will Fuller matched up against. You know, and on, on the other side, you know, LaShawn Sims is not going to have him one-on-one. You know, the Titans aren't dumb. They're not going to put their bigger, slower cornerback one-on-one with Will Fuller. So, you know, there will be some scheme stuff, and it'll be, you know, their goal will be to take away Hopkins, and maybe they'll try, you know, maybe the Texans' counterpunches go to Will Fuller. But, you know, as it stands right now, with without seeing him really play, you know, I don't know if he'll play 10 snaps. And when he does play, I don't know if all he'll run is nine routes and curls. So I, I don't know how ready he is to really be a starting wide receiver in this offense. And I don't know that he and Watson have any sort of chemistry. So um, I'm not I'm not too concerned about Fuller. Yeah. And even if he plays, um, even if he's like returning punts and kicks, our special teams unit has been so much better than it was last year, um, and we really haven't given up big plays except for maybe the Cordero Patterson in week one. Uh, our special teams DVOA is like seventh best in, in the entire NFL, so I, I'm pretty comfortable. Uh, even if they pull Will Fuller back there on returns, which I'm not sure they will coming off a, a broken collarbone. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like getting him ready for a car crash i mean it's just yeah. such a high impact i mean it's so easy to just get laid out and collarbones are notorious for breaking again and you know for being hard to really judge when they're fully stable that i don't i don't think you put him back there and if you do they'll probably give him the uh, tyler lockett treatment where they kick it out of bounds or they try to mm-hmm. give him you know directional punts and squeeze him and then uh, you know dylan bates will just stroke him on the sideline so, you know, if if they do play in there, I think they'll play in there once or twice, and then once they see what the Titans are doing, they'll adjust. Yeah. Plus, we have the greatest punter of all time, Brett Kern. That's right. We talked a little as we were planning out the show about how the Titans' defensive backs, specifically corners, match up with DeAndre Hopkins and the rest of the Houston receivers. And you guys brought up the fact that last year in the AFC Divisional Playoffs, uh, the the Texans faced off against the New England Patriots, who kept Logan Ryan on DeAndre Hopkins for most of the game, with Devin McCourty playing deep ahead above him the whole game, and he ended up only catching six balls for 65 yards in that game. Could the Titans deploy a similar attack with Ryan and maybe turning Kevin Byard into their version of Devin McCourty? Well, uh, Will is actually the one who brought this up, so I don't want to take any credit. Um, But, uh, yeah, they actually played them twice last season. I'm not sure if they played Hopkins the same way uh, with Logan Ryan, but in the two games against the Patriots, uh, like you said, he caught six for 65 in the playoffs. uh, And in week three last season, he only caught four for 56. Uh, The Texans didn't even score a point in that game. Jacoby Brissett was actually the quarterback. Um, But... Yeah, their entire offense runs through DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, any way to slow him down, I'm sure Dick LeBeau already has it uh, in his mind, and I'm sure he's absolutely seen what Logan Ryan did against Hopkins last last year. So 
We should probably see a, a heavy dosage of that. But I think LeBeau trusts his other two cornerbacks, Adoree and LaShawn Sims, just enough to uh, to hang with Hopkins. Uh, and I, I actually think LaShawn Sims is a pretty good matchup uh, on Hopkins uh, because LaShawn Sims is kind of a bigger guy, uh, more physical, and he could press a little bit at the line. And DeAndre Hopkins loves to, to push off, uh, to be completely honest. Um, uh, and he doesn't really get called for a fa- offensive pass interference too often. Uh, but he does every now and then. So uh, I feel pretty comfortable about our cornerbacks going up against him. Yeah, I mean, I you know, the Titans could do one of two things. They could do what they normally do, which is let each corner play a side of the field and then adjust when they go into nickel. Or they could do what uh, the Bengals did, which is where they put Pac-Man Jones straight on Hopkins, and they said, mm-hmm. we're going to put our best corner on your best receiver and y'all are going to have to deal with each other all night. And the Bengals had a great game plan. I mean, they held him to one, you know, touchdown that whole night, and it was that rushing touchdown. You know, for as good as Hopkins was at pushing off and getting, you know, separation at the top of his stem, however he did it, you know, they only really scored with Deshaun Watson. So that seems to be the way you should do it if you've got a corner that you really believe in or if you're afraid of getting mismatched on one side or the other. But with how how the Titans of corners have played, especially early in games, I I would be, you know, equally comfortable with Ryan or Dory Jackson lining up with him. The only only problem you have is worrying about what they line up and give you on the other side with Fuller and how healthy he. You know, if you got a healthy Fuller, then you've kind of got to adjust because, like I said, you don't want to end up with Sims straight up with. Um, Fuller, so that's where you could see a lot of Sims versus Hopkins with Kevin Byard over the top, and then Cersei playing outside over the top on Will Fuller, and then Jayon Brown in the box to kind of keep everything in front. But yeah, I mean, as far as the corners and dealing with Hopkins go, I, however Dick LeBeau sees fit this week should work based off what we've seen from the corners. My only problem with the idea of moving Logan Ryan around is the fact that up to this point, he has very clearly been been the number one option on third downs to play in the slot as the typical nickel-style corner. Now, obviously, unlike a typical nickel corner, he's also playing on first and second down. But if on third down, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't line up in the slot, do you take Logan Ryan out of the slot and maybe keep LaShawn Sims off of the field to put Bryce McCain in the nickel because that's somewhere he's been before. I, I think that's the biggest issue when you talk about moving Ryan around to face Hopkins. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll, more... I'll, I'll, real quick. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, real quick, uh, I think what they'll do is they'll use that six defensive back package that they used. Um, mm. where they have four corners and two safeties in there, and they'll just bring McCain in and have him adjust. And if it's not Hopkins in the slot, then he'll you know line up and he'll line up in the box or something. But if it's Hopkins in the slot, Ryan will take him, and you know that that's how they'll deal with it because you can leave Ryan on Hopkins anywhere on the field, and if you're comfortable with that six defensive back package, that gives you more versatility. The thing with uh, that package with six defensive backs. Uh, is just that the Texans really don't have that many wide receivers, uh, yes. and they use they use their their tight ends a lot. Even though Fedora, which is is on IR, they still use Ryan Griffin Ryan Griffin a good amount, and even their backup Steven Anderson. Uh, I mean, their other receiver. I know Will Fuller's coming back, but their other receivers are Bruce Ellington and Braxton Miller, and that's it. Uh, I think sometimes they use Tyler Irvin, who's a running back. They put him in the slot, um, but I mean, I don't I don't know what they're doing there, um, but. <laughs> I'm not sure. 
I think the Texans are going to try to try to pound it in this one, pound the rock. Uh, even though they kind of went a little more um, pass heavy against the Patriots, uh, and it worked uh, because the Patriots don't really have a good uh, secondary. Um, but so they might try to air it out in this one because the Titans have given up uh, a lot of passing yardage uh, early in the season. Uh, but I'm kind of expecting a heavy dose of Deontay Foreman in this one and Lamar Miller, of course. Uh, in our last episode, we talked a little bit when we recorded about Avery Williamson. I ended up having to cut that part out because we were so far over time. So let's talk. Let, let's give our Damn listener. It. Let, yeah, let, <laughs> let's enlighten our viewers a little bit about Avery Williamson. Uh, this is the uh, officially the CJ Fedorowitz revenge game. He doesn't uh, play. Is he not playing? No, he's on IR, so it's the uh, Ryan Griffin game. Well, it's the Six Ryan Griffin game. It's the same dude. Regardless, is Adoree, is Adoree Jackson, is Avery Williamson going to get torched by a Texans tight end again? Because if he's on the field, it's probably going to happen, inevitably. Correct. Yeah, Ryan Griffin was actually pretty good last week. Uh, I think he got five balls for like 61 yards, uh, and he made a really nice uh, play in the end zone uh, on a touchdown. Um, so... I'm expecting him to, to have a pretty decent game in this one. Uh, but the Titans really haven't given up too much uh, too much yardage to tight ends. I, I, ha- I haven't really noticed them getting too, uh, too lit up, although Jimmy Graham did have a good game. Uh, Jared Cook made a couple catches in week one, but and the, and the Jaguars, I don't even think they have a tight end, even though Mercedes Lewis scored three touchdowns last week. But that was that was an aberration. That was a figment of our imaginations. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, um, I really don't want to see Avery Williamson uh, too often in this game. Uh, I think we need to go with more of a uh, of a speedy linebacker in Jayon Brown, uh, especially with Deshaun Watson uh, hanging in there. Because if Deshaun Watson gets gets outside the pocket or even goes through the middle of the pocket, and Avery Williamson is just standing there, he's going to get absolutely dusted, uh, like he did last week with Chris Carson on the touchdown. So. I mean, I know, I know it seems like we're picking on Avery Williamson, but, I mean, everything backs up what we're seeing. Uh, the, his PFF grade is in the 40s. Uh, he does not look good right now, uh, and it's kind of hurting our defense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I wrote something about this today, and, you know, I just don't see where you would want Avery Williamson on the field in this game with Deshaun Watson and with, you know, how much they want to dump it off to the backs and tight ends. uh, DeAndre Hopkins is their number one receiver based on receptions and targets. Their second, third and fourth wide receiving targets are all running backs or tight ends guys that Avery Williamson would potentially match up with that. That can't happen. And then even if you go with Jayon Brown and Williamson and you say, okay, we're going to leave Jayon Brown to cover the tight end of the running back, and then Kevin Byer to walk up and take the other one. That's fine until you have to deal with Avery Williamson getting scrambled on by Deshaun Watson. I mean, you got to go with a heavy dose of Woodyard and Brown in this game. And I, I, first off, I don't know how you can take Woodyard out. I mean, he's playing the best I've ever seen mm-hmm. him play. He's everywhere: running game, you know, flow in, penetration, tackles for loss. He's he's everywhere. You know, and Jayon Brown looks better and better every week, just like the rest of these rookies do. It, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you see 
an even, you know, 33-33-33% split between linebackers or, or what, but I don't know how you can justify playing Williamson any more than the other two. Here's the yeah, argument for Avery Williamson. He's the more prototypically sized linebacker. He's very good in the run game. You have to give him that. But are you going to risk putting out your linebacker, who though he's, yeah, more prototypical, are you going to risk putting him out to potentially be a liability in the passing game against a team who may run the ball under 10 times with a running back? I mean, I could legitimately foresee that being the case. I mean, if the Texans counter, uh, if we go Jay on Brown, heavy with Jay on Brown and the Texans counter with a, a pretty run-heavy approach with like Foreman or Lamar Miller, I'm still not concerned, to be honest, because our run defense has been pretty good. Uh, and we have the greatest run-stopping safety of all time in Kevin Byard. So we're supposed to have the uh, other one too, Jonathan Cyprian. He didn't look that great in the, his first game, though. <laughs> no, I think he got. He's ruled out. I think. I think he got ruled yeah. out today. So I'm not gonna have him. But even though he didn't look good in in the first game, he missed a bunch of tackles. But uh, the North seriously hasn't been bad either. So. I don't know. Overall, I'm just not that concerned about the Texans' offense, if you haven't noticed, uh, <laughs> with with what I've been saying. Even though they put up 33 points on the Patriots, I don't... I'm just not that concerned. I am a little concerned. This is my concern, that Deshaun Watson is just gonna <laughs> is gonna just scramble all game long and avoid sacks that uh, we couldn't get last week against Russell Wilson. Um, and we saw what Russell Wilson can do when uh, when uh, he extends plays uh, and his receivers have time to get open. Uh, the thing is, Deshaun Watson isn't Russell Wilson yet, uh, but he is as mobile as him, so I am a concerned about that. But uh, regardless, I think our offense is going to score enough to for it to not even matter. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson in general as a quarterback. Will, I know you're very opinionated on this topic. Um, <laughs> Deshaun Watson is one of the best college football quarterbacks of the generation. I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree that he has a lot of talent and a lot of upside. However, right now, he's plainly and simply not a good NFL quarterback. Right now. Not in the future, necessarily, but right now, he's just not that good. Mm-hmm. I'll let Will uh, go first. And as you <laughs> as you talk, Will, please debunk the myth that he had a great game against the Patriots last week. <laughs> Okay, um, so I've got I've got a lot of feelings about Deshaun Watson. Uh, a lot of this comes from people who get really excited when they see a bad quarterback do one good thing because they think it's going to mean that he's going to slowly get better and better and better. All right, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun Watson is a guy who went against the worst defense in the NFL last week on a historic pace worse than the Saints when they were at their historically bad pace. And he only managed to put up, what was it, two touchdowns? Yeah, he only had two touchdowns passing. That's, it's terrible. Not only that, but he threw two interceptions. I mean, he wasn't kill. you know, for every time he has a rushing touchdown, he has a fumble. For every time he has a touchdown, he has an interception. He's just Mr. One-to-one ratio. And that's fine if you're on the Bengals when they've got a stacked team or if you're on the Ravens when they've got this defense. It's not okay with this Texans team. For all the myths and propaganda we heard in the preseason about how good their defense was going to be, obviously they can't win with a mediocre quarterback, and that's what Watson is at his peak. 
you know, if you've got a linebacker or a safety who can cover a guy when he freaks out and scrambles and sees ghosts, you can stop Deshaun Watson. You know, all you have to have is one good corner and one safety or linebacker who can spy, and then you'll do well against Deshaun Watson. You know, the problem the Patriots have is they've got no linebackers that, you know, with Hightower banged up, you know, their defensive line is down the guy they thought was going to be their best pass rusher. They don't have any athletic, like I said, they don't have any athletic linebackers and they had to play McCourty high. So it, it just, it doesn't work out for them the way they're built right now. So everybody's taking that and saying, well, that's a Bill Belichick team. Surely that must mean something. And they're incorrect. That That's not what it means. I want to it, interrupt it, you to ask you this question, and I'm really curious as to what your answer will be. Is Deshaun Watson the best quarterback on the Texans roster? Oh, uh, they're all different shades of beige. They're they're all very <laughs> bad quarterback. Like they're like okay, given given their offensive line, he's the best person to play right now because they're going to give you about two and a half seconds versus a good defensive line, and that's that's pushing it. I mean, Jacksonville showed. Remember, Jacksonville wasn't six months ago. Jacksonville was three. It was you know three games ago. Don't you mean Jacksonville? Yeah, Saxonville. <laughs> they had 10 sacks in a game. I think that was, what, the most since, like, the mid-80s oh, okay. that a team's ever had. Uh, you know, and it, Dwayne Brown didn't come back. I mean, they don't – you know, they didn't add anybody. They just haven't gone against any really good defensive lines other than, you know, the one-man band that was Geno Adkins who made Xavier Suofilo look terrible. And then all, all they can do now is remind you how he got drafted over Derek Carr. So, you know, enjoy that, Texans fans. But it's it's just like you have to play a guy who can run behind a bad offensive line. I get that. But you can't lie to me and tell me that he looks like a good quarterback or compare him to Michael Vick or compare him to Mariota or compare him to e- – you can't do that because what he does is he looks at one read and goes immediately to a scramble or dump off. And that's basically what Blaine Gabbert did except he wasn't as fast. I, I mean, you, you just – right now, you know – Okay, against teams that aren't the Patriots, he's averaged 5.2 yards per attempt and 4.4 yards per attempt. That's that's nightmarishly low. That that's like that's Armageddon if you see your quarterback do that more than two or three times a year. Like that's draft a quarterback with your first pick that the Texans don't have. Do you, you know, that's Do you guys think he's going to be the kind of quarterback this week cuz I was trying to figure out a key to the game, and I wrote down, like, overwhelmed Deshaun Watson. Do you think he's going to be someone like Blake Bortles where if it's wide open, he can make some beautiful throws, but if you confuse him and run exotic blitzes, he's going to freak out and, and throw up, as you like to say, Will YOLO bombs? Uh, <laughs> is he that kind of quarterback where you can uh, confuse him and force him to make turnovers, or is he, you know, just not productive enough but still conservative? I think I think he's just inaccurate. I don't think it's me- like mental mistakes. I think he's just he just misses on a lot of these, on a lot of his passes. And I am going to compare him to Mariota, actually Mariota. Sorry, um, but every time he takes a sack, he kind of fumbles the ball. Uh, he's yeah, fumbled yeah. the ball three times. He's only lost one of them, but he's fumbled three times, and he's already thrown three interceptions in two and a half games. I mean, he's kind of got that that early Mariota fumbleitis uh that Mariota's kind of uh uh grown out of yeah he um, has 
So um, he, I mean, he looks like a rookie. That uh, that's that's pretty much what it is. And he's also very inaccurate. When he misses, he misses really bad. Uh, Blake Bortles ish, if you will. I, I will. Um, and I'll also <laughs> say that, uh, like, it, you know, talking about early career Mariota, Mariota had more touchdowns in his first half of football as Deshaun Watson has in his first three games. So, you know, it, he has he has all the flaws that Mariota had at his lowest and none but, of the peak. But then again, Mariota did have the protection of Jeremiah Potassi. He had, yeah. Kendall, he had Kendall Wright and Justin Hunter running routes for him. And if that wasn't working, he could just turn around and give the ball to Bishop Sankey. So let's not act like Mariota was doing it all by himself. Yeah. And Ken Wisenhunt calling plays. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Ken Wisenhunt. Offensive mastermind. Mas- yeah, master of uh, max protection. Ask uh, uh, ask the citizens of Los Angeles, California, how they feel about the brilliant oh Ken Wisenhunt offense. They're, they're one Mettenberger away from being, you know, oh. the 2013 Titans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one, the one thing I wanted to say is I don't think you can confuse Watson because he doesn't know how to read a defense yet. Like, when you look at him, it's pretty clear that when he has a muddy pocket, he looks at Hopkins and then he looks to dump off or bail or both. You know, it, it's not – he's not doing what Mariota does where he'll go through his reads quickly and then if it's not there, scramble to buy time. It's – is Hopkins open right now? No. Oh, no. Then he starts running around and trying to figure out what to do. And until he makes two or three guys miss and, you know, finally gets some more time to breathe, you know, he's just a panicker. And that, that's something that doesn't go away with one game against a bad defense. Because of that, do you think the Titans should just employ a very vanilla defense where man to man, everybody has a man, you rush four, and everybody else drops in coverage? Or should they try to pressure him and force him into bad decisions? Uh, the Patriots kind of... I can't remember exactly what they did, uh, but I think they said they were going to like play five uh, defensive linemen or something like that, or, or maybe with four with a spy, uh, and just let Deshaun Watson beat them. Uh, and, I mean, he kind of did. He threw over 300 yards and two touchdowns, but he also threw inter- two interceptions, uh, and they weren't really on pressured plays. Uh not that I can recall, at least. So I'm not sure what the club is going to do. I have a feeling he's going to try to pressure him uh, pretty often with blitzes. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the best course of action, but I don't think it can hurt, really, to be honest. I mean, they'll, they'll probably do the exact same thing they did against Seattle, right? Like, Houston is a, just a worse yeah. version of Seattle. Like, that's all they are. It's like a watered-down Seattle. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's... That should be the game plan. The the only difference, you know, is that they have, you know, a slightly better wide receiver on offense. It, you know, depending on who's hurt and who's not for the Seahawks. So, you know, I think you go a little bit aggressive on the outside and with twists and stuff up the middle just to kind of get him to move away initially. But the easy thing is identify where Hopkins is and blitz from that side. So bring like three or, you know, two or three guys, you know, in certain ways to where he has to run away. He has to scramble away from where Hopkins is. So that takes him away from his favorite receiver. And then you've cut the field in half without his favorite receiver. And you just trust him to get scared and throw the ball in the wrong spot. That That's, you know, and, and everything's simple on paper. 
But, you know, if I'm calling a defense, I'm saying, okay, can I make him move off his spot away from Hopkins or will he stay in and take a hit and try to deliver the ball there? And if so, we can play more aggressive underneath coverage. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I would expect LeBeau being LeBeau to play a little bit softer early and then slowly incorporate stuff more and more throughout the game. And In the second and third quarter, you see more blitzes. And then hopefully by the fourth quarter, the Titans are in that more prevent defense like they've been because they're so far ahead. Guys, I'm looking at Watts, one of Watson's interceptions against the Patriots. And this is one of the worst play designs I've ever seen. And one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. So they, it's a play fake, and the entire line is just pulling to the right. Uh, so the right defensive end is just just bull rushes right by the tight end, Ryan Griffin, and right by uh, the running back, Lamar Miller. And Deshaun Watson, is just he, he has his eyes on DeAndre Hopkins, of course. Just what? flings it up there with, pressure, with since, pressure in his face. Since I'm not and, watching uh, it, I want you to... Describe it to me on this scale. From a scale of Sergio Dip to Aaron Andrews. <laughs> Wait, is Aaron Maybe. Andrews the peak? Maybe Michelle Tafoya like, or, or Wolfson. That there you go. There you go. This is horrible. So I hope we get this this to happen in the in the Titans game. They only pressured with four, so Matias, while at, while we're on the, the point of making fun of the Texans' ineffectiveness, <clears throat> you've <laughs> You've alluded for the past couple of weeks that you think Dory Jackson is going to have his special teams coming out party yes. this this week. Why do you think that? I uh, okay, so I have, I have some stats for you guys. The Houston Texans <laughs> are the worst special teams unit in the league. Okay, so their kickoff return average against is the worst in the league at thirty yards per kickoff return. Their what? punt return average against is third worst in the league at 17.6 a dory jackson is scoring a touchdown in this game <laughs> it, it is a lot the kickoff stat blows my mind because obviously i can kick a football maybe 10 yards rolling it on the ground <laughs> but for these professional kickers how hard can it be to just get everything you have on it and kick it out the back of the end zone every single time like I well, hate. That's, that's I'm insane. starting to hate this strategy of like kick it to the three and get him to bring it out. Maybe you can tackle him inside the twenty. Just kick it out and and don't risk it. I think they realize that because they've only actually given up four kickoff returns, but each one has gone thirty yards. Um, but they also haven't gotten that many kickoffs uh, to kick away because uh, the first two weeks they barely even scored points. Uh, but yeah, no, they've uh, nine punt returns, which is tied for the fourth most uh, in the league, and 17.6 yards per punt return is absolutely outrageous. So Adore Jackson's going to have a field day. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you a lot, but I don't think I've ever been like more in lockstep than this right here. Like, I think that's... <laughs> Like, almost a given. Like, it's almost to the point where I'm like, if there's a prop bet on that, like, I'm going to yeah. have to find it and just hit it up. Because, like, unless they're in the situation where they put Weems in to return the kicks for whatever reason, like, I don't know how Adore doesn't score one. Or doesn't, you know, uh, we had this weird streak where the longest plays uh, for the first two games were Adore Jackson returns. And that was against a good, a well-coached Oakland team you know, and Jacksonville on the road. Like, you know, it's it's not like, you know, we were playing the worst team, worst special teams team in the league, <laughs> but 
now we get to and we get to do it in a dome you, you know there, yes. there's no reason why that shouldn't happen so it, it'll be very you know i will not be getting up out of my seat to move around when a door returns <laughs> like at all yeah, I'm gonna have to write an article about this because, oh man, I I need to show the fans what <laughs> Bengals returner Alex Erickson did against this Texan special teams unit. Who was yeah. that guy? I don't know. He was getting white yards every return. It, yeah, they weren't even close, and he and he kept fair catching it. Like he would fair catch it with ten yards of space in front of him, and I <laughs> like that was the most baffling thing I, I I saw that, and I was like, Marvin Lewis should be fired. Like, yeah. I don't know who the special teams coach is or whatever, but, like, they were just given the Texans 10 free yards because they were fair catching when the ball was, like, not even at its apex yet. Like, he was just so determined to fair catch it. And I've seen guys, like, last week, the Seattle uh, Seahawks had Dory Jackson dead to rights with a guy coming full steam ahead. And Dory Jackson uh-huh. just made him, like, he just olayed him in one of, like, the easiest, most effortless moves I've ever seen and just replaced him and ended up getting, you know, extra yards behind it. But I mean, that guy was, you know, he was set on making a highlight reel from blowing up a Dory Jackson and he ended up 10 yards behind him laying on his stomach. It, it was so impressive. Um, That's what he gets. As we begin to wrap up, uh, the big thing about the Houston Texans that everyone always wants to talk about is their defensive front, which now is minus, uh, uh, what's his name? Cush- Brian Cushing. Um, mm. So actually, I-, I said before the show that they didn't get Zach Cunningham. They actually did get Zach Cunningham. I've forgotten that they did end up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have Zach Cunningham in the middle, who I really liked coming out in the draft. You have Whitney Merciless, Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Uh, Watt. No more Vince Wilfork, but that's still a pretty good defensive line. It's not the best in the world, and I know, Will, you like to be really picky about them, but you have to admit, <laughs> it is a really talented and athletic defensive line, and that's going to be the biggest challenge for the Titans this week is pass-protecting Mariota because it the last time that the Titans have had to face Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt was the game that Taylor Lewan was beaten like a drum. It, it's been that long, about two years. They have to turn the corner. On, on that situation this uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, our O-line's really uh, playing well uh, over these past two weeks. Uh, and even in the Raiders game, they played pretty well. But over these last two weeks, they've been outstanding. Uh, Mariota has barely gotten hit. And, and we've gotten some chunk yardage on the ground, which has been really good to see. Um, Hughes, the Texans actually lead the league in sacks right now with 15. So take that, Saxonville. we got to come up with a... The Texans have to come up with a with a pun of their own. Um, yeah, they they do. They have a really talented front seven. Um, but I don't in the in the two games last year, I don't think they really did much against us. Even in that last game against against Matt Castle, I thought our O line held up pretty well. So I, granted, it was it was without JJ Watt, uh, who's apparently the greatest, still the greatest player on earth, even though he doesn't have a sack this season. But uh, regardless of that. Um, we do, the, our O-line has to play as well as they have over the past two weeks in order for us to, to be able to control this game on offense. Yeah, and that, and that game that you're talking about where LaJuan got beat, you know, keep in mind he had one shoulder because he was playing with a separated shoulder. You know, it's tough to stop anybody with one arm. <laughs> um, and, you know, if you can stop their best player on defense, I think you're fine. So all they've got to do is find Merciless and stop him. You know, it, 
once <laughs> once they do that, they'll be able to get around it. Um, they've got some defensive end number ninety nine who looks okay. People have been saying he's pretty good. He he hadn't looked great this year. Um, the disrespect, right? No, now. no, and that's 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 me being petty. JJ Watt's amazing. I, I'm. Uh, you know, J.J. Watt is very impressive. But he, here's the thing uh, about J.J. Know, Watt. Even though he hasn't really been all that productive through two games, Mike Malarkey loves to identify game records. Guys like Khalil Mack. Uh, last week, Richard Sherman would have probably been the game record. Guys that, you know, if it's Richard Sherman, you just don't throw to his side, which they really didn't all that often. And if it's Khalil Mack, you always have a tight end chipping him or you have him double teamed. That guy this week is going to be J.J. Watt. I don't care how athletic Jadavion Clowney is. I don't care how many sacks Whitney Merciless piles up. I don't care how unproductive J.J. Watt has been through the last three games. Regardless of his injury, he has proven, at least pre-injury, that he was consistently the best football player not named like Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. And um, you have to give him attention regardless. I mean, he's that good of a player still. Yeah. yeah. You saw what he what, did to what's... the Bengals O-line. Yeah, he's excellent. I mean, what's... Now, here's the thing that I don't like, and this is why I made that joke earlier, is because with guys that have been good for a long time, you get all the announcers and stuff talking about how great every little play they do is, even when they're not great. You know, even when it's like, oh, look at how he fills the run lane here. Well, you know, every other defense in, end in the league does that. He gets highlighted, and they make it seem like it's some monumental effort and how he's an unstoppable force. You know, it's like, you know, how he has a hand on the ever-elusive Andy Dalton, and yet he couldn't bring him down. And yet, because he had a hand on him, it was great pressure. And meanwhile, Arakpo has 11 pressures and, you know, gets his hands all over Russell Wilson and forces him to throw it away, and you don't hear one thing about Brian Arakpo. So... You know, it's all, you know, there's there's some bias towards superstar players. And J.J. Watt is a superstar player, or he was a couple of years ago in his prime. You know, he hadn't really gotten that back yet. But, you know, Clowney's not. Clowney's, Clowney's the guy who has to be next to the guy. You know, he, he's got to be the one picking up fumbles, not causing them. So when you look at this line, you've just got to identify – you know, who the studs and who the donkeys are. That's that's the phrase I've always heard. The studs are, you know, Watt and Merciless. And the donkeys are probably guys like Joel Heath and DJ Reader and Covington. You know, the guys like that, if they're in, those are the guys you want to go after. Because no defensive linemen play 100% of the snaps. And when they're not in, you've got to take advantage of them, you know, being out. And I imagine... Rabisky will start out slow and then he'll slowly find things he likes and then he'll exploit them for chunk yardage and big plays. Yeah, also, um, it doesn't matter how good your defensive line is if you can't cover on the back end. And they are banged up uh, in terms of their cornerbacks. Kevin Johnson and Marcus Burley didn't participate in practice today um, with knee injuries. Uh, Jonathan Joseph. Uh, and Kareem Jackson have been dealing with injuries themselves. Uh, they they were full participants in practice, but it's it pretty clear not, none of their cornerbacks are really healthy right now. Uh, and they just got absolutely torched by Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan last week. So uh, and Gronk also. So uh, take that into account. It, it's not just what your D line can do. You got to be able to cover on the back end. 
Yeah, and you, you want to talk about malarkey finding people to abuse. Last week it was Jeremy Lane. If he finds a hole in those cornerbacks, he's going to go right at you with Jalston Fowler and Rashard Matthews, and you better know which one you're supposed to get and how to fit in your run support or else you're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Last week we identified the keys of the game against Seattle to be containing Russell Wilson and being patient with the run game and sticking to it to wear down that defensive line. DeMarco Murray had his first 100-yard rushing game. Uh, on that note, the Titans went into that game with a washed-up, almost 30-year-old running back, and they came out of that game miraculously with a Pro Bowl running back. It's funny <laughs> how that works. Um, and we said on, on defense that they needed to contain Marcus Mariota, who uh, carried the ball seven times for 26 yards. Only one of those went for a first down. I say that to illustrate the fact that we're pretty darn good at picking these keys to the game. Um, so, mm-hmm. so finally, as we close out, what are the keys to beating the Houston Texans on Sunday? So, I don't know. This might be a little uh, too, uh, I don't know, just <laughs> wanting too much, but no sacks and no turnovers, uh, and we'll win this game. <laughs> no, but really, like, no more than one or two sacks, uh, and definitely no turnovers. I mean, and we're, you, you make a game. good point, because the Titans clearly have a better roster, and as long as they don't beat themselves and, and stick to what they yeah. do, they're going to uh, be the better team on the field, I think. Yeah, which is weird that we lost by 10 to the Raiders uh, without giving up a turnover. And I don't know how many sacks uh, the Raiders had. Maybe only like one. And the uh, offense only has, what, one turnover on that fluky play where Jonu Smith did something wrong or yeah. Marcus saw something that wasn't there and yeah. the interception. Yeah. Don't want to jinx it. We also don't have a fumble. So uh, let's, yeah. let's keep it that Not way, especially against an opportunistic defense. Are the, ti- uh, like are the, the Titans a... Uh, uh, plus two in the turnover margin right now. I believe we're one of the yeah. best. Wow. Of the yeah. Best in terms of that. Yeah. We're plus so. two because there weren't any from the last game, uh, and we were plus two before that. Yeah, because we had three against Jacksonville and we gave up one too. Right. But we're plus two. We're seventh best in the league, and Houston is thirtieth uh. with my, minus four. So there you go. That, that's wow, pretty it's it. almost like every time Deshaun Watson gets a touchdown, he also has a turnover. <laughs> Weird. It's like somebody prophetic said that. Crazy. <clears throat> so before we wrap up, uh, last time the Titans beat the Texans in Houston was New Year's Day 2012. Their quarterback was Matt Hasselback. Their leading rusher was Chris Johnson, who had a studly game of 61 yards on 15 carries. <laughs> And their leading receiver was uh, Nate Washington, 92 yards on four receptions. The man. Uh, As for Houston, their quarterback was Jake DeLome, who was so (laughs) old in that game. He was the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers when they lost to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl when Adam Vinatieri kicked his first game winner. That's how old that guy was. Donnie Avery caught a touchdown in that game. Their leading rusher was someone who has since fallen off the face of the earth, Ben Tate. Whoa. And their leading receiver is someone that I've never heard of, a tight end named James Casey. Oh, my. Of course. (laughs) Of course it was. Absolutely. It was a tight end. It had to be. Yeah. (laughs) No other option. Hopefully we will get to, uh, to celebrate a new victory against the Texans in Houston. By the way, 
when we get to play the Colts on Monday Night Football and we pull up the the stats for the last time the Titans beat the Colts, that one's going to look a lot funnier, I think. Um, <laughs> so uh, next week we will all be off. Uh, Matias is busy. I will be out of town. And so uh, Will is not going to man the ship himself. We're just going to take a week off <laughs> and uh, be back uh, one week from this coming Monday to recap a Titans win against the Miami Dolphins. So yes. stay tuned until then. That's right. Um, until then, uh, I'm Luke Worsham from Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. This has been the Titan Size Podcast. Thank you for listening. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.